Hello everybody and welcome to the Girl You Need podcast. My name is Emma-Jane Punter and this is the podcast where we talk about all the things that we need to hear around confidence, self-esteem and inner happiness. This is episode 12. We've got Ishbel on the episode and Ishbel is an amazing woman who sent in a submission to the Your Story section on the Girl You Need website and in this episode we dive into that into that um, submission that she sent in and we talk about everything from body image to perfectionism and self-esteem and how they're linked to being a film director to putting alarms on your phone reminding yourself um, that you're a sexy bitch so we had a laugh it's a really really good episode and I'm just going to get straight into it so the start of the episode is Ishbel reading out at her submission because I just think it's really important that you see how amazing it is and also understand what we're talking about when we're talking about it so there's um like a six minute clip on me about of Ishbel reading that out and then we get into the episode and it's great so you're gonna absolutely love it she is a gem and I loved having her on so I hope you enjoy it Steaming trails of kettle-boiled rain. She couldn't help herself. The raging blog articles in her head screamed. It was all wrong. You never use non-natural products, but you never use anything under £10. Never scrunch or pull or even touch your hair. The water cannot be too hot. Definitely not too cold. Too much on your scalp can make your hair fall out. She's backed into the corner paralysed by an infinite buffet of products, remedies, of models in bikinis, adverts and blogs spewing beauty, endless beauty. The media's sophistry, our dear beauty. Yet, the truth falls on deaf ears. She does not care what she is tricked to believe. As far as she's concerned, her body is broken. The mirror. Wearing flecks of rogue makeup and smudges of unhappy fingertips contained an image of a woman constantly staring. Her body was still, arms dangling like drenched shoelaces, legs straight, feet clenching and relieving an obscured tension. High up, her eyes darted analytic and cold, scanning squintings of studying a mantelpiece biblo. There were twitches of movement. The mirror caught them perfectly, memorised from days before. Side standing, hands roaming, head tilting, and the eventual shadow landing on her brow. She swallowed, eyes blank, quickly glancing at her phone. Buzz. You coming to see me still? Raising her arm, she wiggled the extension without care. The flesh danced every time, no matter the diet, no matter the push-ups. There was always something lifelessly dangling in that reflection. A wave of annoyance ignites the roaming hands to grasp the drooping skin of her body. They stretched it. Futile. Yet her reflection was... Welcome to the podcast, Ishbel. It is lovely to have you on. Um, Congratulations and thank you so much for submitting your self-esteem submission. I absolutely love it, um, called Beauty, and I'm really excited for us to start talking about it in this episode, because I've got loads of things that I want to ask you, um, which is great. So I think it's great for us to start with you, just so that people that are listening know who you are. So who is Ishbel? Well, Ishbel is um, an 18-year-old A-level student from Kent, who's currently studying for her exams. 
and is also pursuing a career in TV, film, as a scriptwriter or director. Amazing. How are your exams going? Um, well, I've recently had my mocks, and once again, they were also an experience. And yeah. I, I think I've done all right on them, but good. hopefully more improvement to come. <laughs> That's good. So you want to be like a, a film director? Uh, hopefully, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's exciting. Who's your top kind of like film director type? Ooh. Idol. Hmm. I really like uh, Quentin Tarantino. Just his yeah. filmmaking style, I just find really just encapsulating and really just visually appealing. So yeah. Or Greta Gerwig. She's she's also great fun. What films does she do? She did uh, Little Women with Saoirse Ronan, and she did. Ladybird with Susan Ronan. <laughs> oh, I don't know those. I like sci-fi films. I love sci-fi films. <laughs> I love sci-fi. So um, I've just been watching the Alien series. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Ridley Scott. Is that it? There you go. He's cool. He's, he's, he's cool. Great. <laughs> he's cool. Um, um, well, great. It's nice to have you on. Um. I just want to say that I loved your piece. It really, really resonated with me and quite, quite powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably felt like it was me in the mirror who was pulling myself apart in a way because that's something that I do all of the time. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to ask, like, where did the idea come from? And is it a personal experience? Um, well, the story kind of came from, as you said, like a portrayal of, body dysmorphia almost through like a body horror-ish lens and sometimes how we as women kind of view ourselves at like a skin level or as ornaments and so forth and how our bodies are something to kind of fix and it kind of orbits this nameless protagonist in this like kind of mirror gazing parasitic relationship and I just wanted to strongly weave the idea of like objectification into the story and kind of really just dehumanize this protagonist and the experience she's going through, even though it's like a universal experience for us as women. And uh, though the ending is quite cheesy and cliche, it does kind of portray the truth that true beauty is almost internal. And we're not really alive to be beautiful. We're alive to like experience the world through our bodies and however they look doesn't really matter. About that I love that that's like a story in itself what you just said yeah <laughs> it is. me trying to sound very professional about my about my work it sounded amazing so you definitely sounded professional but I think I know you say the ending is cheesy but it's just it kind of made me feel like really it's assured assured yeah Yeah. like assured that do you know what because I would probably say I've got a little bit of body dysmorphia so Mm -hmm. I actually probably felt like oh my god we just need and I was writing a thing the other day and I was literally saying we just need to step away from the mirror Mm -hmm. because like you say our internal is so much more powerful than Mm -hmm. how we physically look yeah was something I I learned, yes, as you said, through kind of personal experience and during my own era of insecurity and poor body image, 
I kind of had to um, discover a way around it. And that was kind of through realizing that people at the end of the day really don't care what you look like. I mean, I'm sure, you know, they can recognize attractiveness and so forth. But the real reason people want to get close to you is because they want to know you as a person and through your personality. And so that, as you said, is just really reaffirming towards those who might suffer from body dysmorphia or other kind of body issues. That is so, so nice. I think, um, so in terms of your own insecurities, it makes me sad that, and that's one of the reasons why I do this, because it makes me sad that so many of us women suffer from insecurities about how we look. And is that something that you have conquered is that something that you're you know you've kind of developed your sense of self-worth um I'll definitely say something I'm still kind of um you know battling with or trying to move forward with but it's definitely better than it was than let's say a year ago and I've definitely found ways of um picking myself up in those days where I might not feel too confident about myself yeah um what do you do to pick yourself up um now, I, I exercise, but I don't, you know, do a vigorous workout. Sometimes I'll just do very gentle stretching or I'll just go on a 10-minute walk or I'll just, you know, wiggle about a bit and get myself walking, walking. So you feel as if you're doing something with your body, which isn't just kind of looking at it or just kind of sitting there and simmering in this insecurity. Yeah, I think um, exercise is definitely a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to walk as as much as I can. It, it's weird how it just clears your head. Does um, walking with music? Kind of do you listen to music? Yeah, absolutely. It get, gives you a power walk. It gives you a get you in the mood. Character, <laughs> yeah, main character syndrome or something. <laughs> you know when you see people walking down the street, and you think yeah. they're definitely listening to a power song because they're walking. Yeah, they're definitely fast. listening to their own anthem right now. <laughs> you can see it in their face. <laughs> you can tell when they suddenly speed up. That's when you know that song's come on. <laughs> That's so funny. I just know exactly what you mean. That's hilarious. Um, <clears throat> okay, so um, I wanted to kind of get into grips with so you mentioned in in your submission about perfectionism yeah so is this something that you're familiar with and experience yourself uh yes I would say perfectionism is definitely something I am I'm familiar with in kind of all areas of my kind of life how debilitating is it as a a fellow perfectionist person Mm -hmm. it's like it's like a double-edged sword, don't you think? It is. It, it's exhausting, but it also kind of, um, it kind of like forces you to perform your best. And if that makes sense, it like makes you do your best even when you don't want to. Yeah. Like it's hard, I think, as I'm getting older as well. Now that I've recognised it, it's like, oh my God, I'm being a perfectionist again. Like, I don't even know how you recover from it. I know I said to you before we started, like, I'm a recovering perfectionist, but how do you recover from perfectionist? I've never explored this. Your submission made me think about this. So I just wanted to ask you, like, have you got coping mechanisms? Like, are there things that you should do to, to help with it that you can share? Um, well, I, uh, at the end of last year, I think I did like a little research 
rabbit hole into like perfectionism and how I can get around it because it really was starting to um, affect me in a way which like hindered my uh, standard of living. And so I kind of, uh, yeah, so the way I kind of get around it is that it's just need to lower, honestly, it's just need to like lower your standards. It's, you can't expect yourself to perform exceptionally every time. And I think the most important part for me was not um, using hindsight as much because it's so easy to like look back on yourself and just think, oh, I shouldn't have said that or I could have done better here. And it's just really you being your own critic and lowering your self-esteem as a result. So mm-hmm. It's honestly, you just need to stop bullying yourself in one simple statement. That's a good way to explain it, bullying yourself. That's quite a good way to explain perfectionism. I I guess you are bullying yourself because you're just constantly saying to yourself, it's not good enough. Mm. It's crazy. And I think with regards to low self-esteem, I never put perfectionism with low self-esteem. I've never made that link. Mm. And I think that I wonder if people who have low, who people who are perfectionists, default have low, lower self esteem. I think there's a strong link between it because I think there's something about setting a high expectation and then not meeting it, which can really kind of damage your ego. And if it's repetitious, then it will definitely, I think, erode it eventually. Yeah, and. Do you think, but, and then on the plus side, it's good because it does help you, like you say, perform and achieve and do well, but it's, I guess it's about setting yourself boundaries and, Mm. you know, recognising when it's going a little bit too far. Some days, some days it's all right to perform at 60%, maybe even 40%. Yeah, yeah accepted yeah yeah I definitely agree it's nice to speak to someone else that's perfectionist because I <laughs> honestly it's just like oh god sometimes I'm in work and I get stressed having a little chit chat because I'm like I've got so yeah. much to do mm-hmm. and I can't have a chit chat because I've got so much to do because I just want to do a yeah. good job all the time mm-hmm. and I've yeah, never I- thought that was a perfectionist thing but maybe it is I have that as well I think it is a perfectionist thing because if, when you start asking yourself, am I doing this for myself? Am I doing it for other people? This kind of also brings it into it because I realise that a lot of my perfectionist tendencies is that I want to please my peers or look um, not perfect, not put perfect for my peers, but look, um, I think it's like almost like an inferiority complex because I think I need to be better in order to reach the same level as those around me. And it also kind of stops me from taking compliments well because my you know some will say that drawing's amazing or you know you've written a great bit of work here and me being perfectionist like no no it can be better it can <laughs> stuff like that so That's so crazy but that makes so much sense and I'm I, I'm I know I know we're talking about peace but also I'm really enjoying talking about this because actually um that's what I do I am exactly the same I'm you know trying to be it's that inferiority thing where you're just trying to get to the same same level you're probably already there yeah like it's fine stop stressing don't you (laughs) just and then there's there's people that I work with and women that I know that are just not 
bothered and they're so content in themselves and yeah. I just look at them and I think how do you do it I, I, <laughs> <laughs> tell me <laughs> it's just they walk it's, in it's just tell me how do you do it <laughs> so true it's literally like what do you do and I'll try and I'll try and I just yeah. it's almost like you just default back to being yeah. that person don't you I think perfectionism might then also kind of generate envy as well yeah you know, that person walks in you just kind of there just looking at them thinking oh if only if I had <laughs> half the confidence you do it's so true it's actually weird because I um when I've so I've been working on my self-esteem for for I'd say maybe two years now and I've mm-hmm. come a long way like a massive long way and a lot like some of it is to do with my partner Lewis because he's just been brilliant Mm-hmm. and uh I, I'm a jealous girlfriend oh. I'm I'm jealous and I think that's because of low self-esteem yeah and being insecure and you know and I think it's all linked mm. I think it's all linked as well yeah one of my biggest kind of demons is jealousy I'm constantly having to kind of bat it down with a stick every time it comes back up again it's but, so hard it's like a total yeah. Yeah, and I think, um, do you think perfectionism is like linked to body image then? Uh, yeah, I think absolutely. I think yeah. uh, you're kind of socialised to see uh, a body which is deemed perfect and you, you strive so long to try and achieve that perfectionism. But once you realise that this body perfect doesn't exist because... I mean, in the 1920s, body perfect was like this androgynous flat look. And now in the 2010s, it's being curvy and having, you know, stuff like that. And so there really is no such thing as a perfect body, but we still believe it and we still try to strive for it in a way. Yeah. I wonder if a lot of women with body dysmorphia are deep down perfectionists. Mm. I don't know. I don't know enough about it, but I'm just... All of, all of this is just making me head go, oh my God. Like connecting one massive like plot point together. It's all links. Yeah. <laughs> and it actually just makes me think I've got no chance. <laughs> yes. It's like suddenly all the doors are closing. You just think, <laughs> oh, this is not good. <laughs> it is not good. <clears throat> um, but that's interesting. That's really interesting. Perfectionism and low self-esteem. So maybe the trick to, maybe something I need to, something I'm going to explore further is the trick to improving on your self-esteem is working mm-hmm. on your perfectionism. Yeah. yeah. Giving yourself more realistic, uh, like, more, yeah, more realistic expectations, more of a realistic outlook. Um, so if you're a perfectionist and you're going to be a film director, you've got a I tough job. <laughs> you've got like, that's like I'm really, really going to have to get rid of that, aren't I? <laughs> like, that's that's interesting. I wonder if the directors that you're interested in or you're the ones that you like the most, I wonder if they were ever perfectionists. I know that one director for sure, Stanley Kubrick, he was a, a chronic perfectionist so much that, that he would take like a single take about 250 times. <gasps> So, do you know the film The Shining? Yeah. Do you know when um, uh, Jack Nicholson's character is, like, hitting the door of the app? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and I can't remember the name of his wife, but she's on the other side. I think he made them shoot that take about 250 times <gasps> because what? it just wasn't right for him. And that's, yeah. So hopefully I'm not that extreme and my limit will be about five. But yeah, perfectionism does exist in the film industry. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. And you'll have to you'll have to conquer it so that when you've done mm. a film and it does really well, you're not straight away like, right, that's not good enough. I need to do another one. Well, like immediately Enjoy. looking at the critics. Yeah. yeah. Enjoy it. Mm. Um, that'd be interesting. That's a very interesting career. I've never met anyone that wants to be a film director. To be honest, neither have I. <laughs> no. <laughs> have you directed films? Have you done um, I've helped, I've worked on a few short films, but I've never um, gone around to directing any. So that's definitely next on my bucket list. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, so we digress, but <laughs> I, I do like it. Um, so I love the ending of your story. Mm-hmm. We've kind of spoke about it in that mm-hmm. um, it reminded me how powerful our inner strength is. Mm-hmm. And that when you, you kind of described it as like a warm feeling, like a glow, mm-hmm. um, it's really weird because I get that kind of, I'd describe it as warmth when I do, me- I don't know if you do meditation or if you do anything like that. Um, I don't, but I know exactly what kind of warmth you're talking about. I kind of get, you know, when you, I guess it's just relaxation in a yeah. sense. When you're like truly relaxed at some point, you do get a feeling of like warmth and security. And that was definitely what. I was trying to kind of capture at the end yeah and I once someone was I went to like a mindfulness course once and they said mm. to me about um self-love and it was talking about self-love and it and it and it asked you to visualize like a wave of self you know so if you're in the say for example you're in the mirror and you're putting yourself down mm. and you're just like feeling like crap to imagine like visually a wave of self-love that would wash over you and like release you of all the negative feelings and that was almost like a little bit like that like a warm feeling like a psychological detox in yeah, a way like it's like that's a good way to describe it psychological detox <laughs> um uh but then you also touch upon kind of like friends and family like mm-hmm. the friend who is like texting and kind of gets you out of the you get you out the house, yeah. Get you out the house and stuff. And I just thought it, it's nice to to recognise that because a lot of us kind of withdraw when we go through things mentally. We do. Yeah, that's one of the strongest things is that we tend to isolate and almost kind of stick ourselves in one place. And it takes a lot of kind of convincing from the people around you to kind of get you out the house because in a sense you've built this false sense of security in this one environment and you need someone out there to kind of just pull you out or remind you of you know the outside world and so forth Mm. it's crazy how your mind can become that big (laughs) you know what I mean like your thoughts you can be that consumed in your thoughts that you just like I can't explain it I've not got the words to say what I'm trying what I'm thinking but where it's just so consuming you're just like oh my god yeah you've got no thoughts of the outside world so Mm -hmm. kind of like uh develop 
bedroom culture in a sense or like a house culture it's just you get stuck in this one room and it I remember this is linking me back to my A-levels but uh, <laughs> bringing yeah. out some sociology knowledge here but it's like women um, are socialized more to develop something called a bedroom culture where they will stick and do activities in their room so that'll kind of expose them more to um, media and mirrors and that's kind of why it develops so strongly and sometimes at such a young age that's so interesting and makes a lot of sense it does yeah because oh yeah it yeah we have to do so much on the bedroom culture and sociology because it links to of course body image but it also kind of links to more stuff I don't know if I'm really derailing here I'm worried I'm gonna like completely drag don't worry about it yeah no that's good it also links to stuff like literacy. So like that's why boys' literacy kind of decreases so much because they don't have the socialization to stick in their room and be passive. They're kind of socialized to be energetic and go out and play sports and do video games. So that gets them out the room, but it also diverts them from like reading and consuming media. And that's why boys' literacy when they're younger is usually lower than that of girls. It's just a really interesting concept. That is interesting. Drag into anything. That makes a lot of sense because they say, don't they, that girls are, they develop quicker than boys Mm. at a young age. So that's because of that bedroom culture, I guess. That's a Mm -hmm. theory. That is one theory. There you go. We just made a sociological theory. There we go. We're cooking on (laughs) gas. (laughs) Round of applause. That's my A-level done. That's me. You can submit this as one of your projects. One of my thesis. What are you? There you go. This can be a submission. Um, <laughs> right. So I think I've probably gone through all the things I wanted to get through. The perfectionism was my favourite bit. Sorry if I kind mm-hmm. of took over a little bit. I was just like, oh, I had all these questions no to ask. Um, but I want to end with, I always end with three tips on confidence Um, that you would give to someone if right now they were in a pretty low state what three tips Mm -hmm. could boost their confidence and also what's your confidence boosting song okay right I'm gonna start with my confidence boosting song I will give two I'll say that one of them is probably does your mother know by ABBA or it's um juice by Lizzo and my three confidence tips would probably be one get out the room, get out, stop looking in the mirror, get out. I know you really don't want to, but I assure you, if you just get out and do something else, you will feel like you've done some sort of um, progress today. Um, Set yourself lower goals. Don't expect yourself to do so much on a day where you're not feeling yourself. Just honestly, the basics, like have three meals a day, have a shower, brush your teeth, stuff like that. And that will give you the confidence to kind of build up all about small steps really and the last one is um kind of like the stuff they teach in primary school is like how would you is this how you would treat someone else so the way you talk to yourself like perfectionism and the bully would you talk to a friend that way the way you view view yourself and your body would you say that to a friend it's very likely you wouldn't so there should be no reason for you to view yourself that way I love those very long-winded but I love those I should stick that on my mirror as to <laughs> would you speak to your friend this way mm. yeah 
I remember my my mum saying that to me, and it honestly just kind of stole the words from my mouth. I couldn't didn't really know how to reply to it. Yeah, it's powerful, isn't it? We should all we should all take that and stick it on the front. I should have it. As, we should have it as screensavers as on our phone. But I've tried to do that, and even mm. that, I just get I just forget that there's a, there's writing behind all of the apps, and I forget that that's a message that I'm trying to tell myself. I don't know where to put the message to remind myself all of the time not to do those things. Here's a tip: set yourself reminders. Sometimes if I'm just feeling that extra bit confident that day, I will set myself reminders, which will just remind me I'm a sexy bitch. (laughs) (laughs) It's like it goes over like 12 and it's like, remember, you are incredibly sexy. And then I'll I'll say thank you. And then it's like three o'clock. It's like, remember, you are still incredibly (laughs) sexy. Don't forget it. And honestly, it makes me laugh. It's weird, but it's funny and it keeps me going. (laughs) The things we do. <laughs> no. The things that we have to do to keep ourselves we have to in do check. the bare minimum. <laughs> That's the funniest thing. I absolutely love that. You are still so sexy. Like, I'm gonna try that. It's just yeah. I love it. I think I feel like that's a bonus tip right that's there. That's a bonus tip. That's that you only get that. <laughs> only get that from Ishbel. Yeah future film director <laughs> in the future when I'm going to be possibly in an interview and they're going to say remember that time you said remet your minders to remind you of sexy bitch do you still do that and I just have to be there like turning my phone on silent saying no <laughs> oh. I love it I love it um and I love your confidence boost song as well juice lizzo love that one so I'll end the podcast playing one of them I don't know what the other one is I must admit uh, I, I don't know. I it. heard it recently in a pub, and it, I just thought it was a banger. So I'm going to that one. <laughs> I know it was used in Johnny English, and that's it. But that's hilarious. I heard it in a pub. It's a banger. Brilliant. <laughs> I might just play that just because it's a banger. So there we go. It's just, that's a good enough reason for any song. Bop is a banger. <laughs> oh this has been amazing oh I'm gonna stop the recording but we can stay on but I just want to say okay. thank you so much for coming on and um, I've I've loved it like it was it was just so much fun I've actually learned loads as well so I'm <laughs> sure everybody listening is as well and I hope everyone's gonna start putting a reminder on the phone call themselves a sexy bitch like it's gonna be it's gonna turn 12 o'clock in an office workplace and every woman's phone is gonna go off and the men won't understand no no, it's going to be a trend. I feel like it's a trend coming on. So yeah, if you've not done it, you need to. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Bye.